Welcome to the HMO Success Podcast. My name's Wendy, and this podcast will help you invest in houses of multiple occupation. Good morning, everybody. Happy Tuesday. Thank you ever so much for being online and live with me today. Today, I wanted to do a video about how to deal with tenants during coronavirus. It seems to be a really big issue at the moment. You know, we've now been in sort of semi-lockdown or full lockdown for coming on for nine weeks or is it 10 weeks? I'm losing track. And uh, of course, this is now starting to have a compound effect of people discovering that um, either they're, they're having reduced rents, they're having problems with tenants, they need to evict some of their tenants. <clears throat> and these are all the issues that seem to be cropping up at the moment. I'm seeing a lot of people uh, kind of looking at Facebook and looking at Facebook Live, excuse me, um, <clears throat> you know, with, with this as their, their common complaint. So what today I'd like to do is to share with you some of my thoughts about this and how we deal with this in our business. So we have over 150 HMO rooms uh, that we either own or manage for other people. We've got single let properties, we've got a block of flats, and we also have a pub. So uh, in terms of dealing with lots of different types of tenancies, uh, an FRI lease, for example, on the pub, um, you know, and, and mostly uh, we're dealing with ASTs. So if that's you, if you're mostly got ASTs in your business, whether it's rent to rent or HMO, um, I think this is going to be a really uh, helpful video for you. So, um, first of all, um, what I would like to say is what I've seen on Facebook recently is a lot of people, um, you know, fairly big property investors dealing with this problem themselves. Now, the first challenge I would put out there is if you're an investor, you should not be dealing with these problems yourself. You need to create a system so that other people can deal with this problem for you because it's very emotive. When you start losing money in your business, when you start having uh, tenants not paying their rent or being idiots in the property or you know acting in an antisocial way, um, this, this creates a lot of emotion, doesn't it? You know, it, it, because, because you may rely on the income um, or you might be hoping you're gonna grow your business and you're thinking, well, how can I grow my business if the rooms I've got, I can't rent out? How on earth can I scale? As a property, owner or a property business owner because you might have you might be doing rent to rent you might even be doing SA it's so vital that your mindset is focused on running this as a business not as a landlord now we are of course all landlords if you own an HMO you are a landlord and there are certain responsibilities but I've seen too many people who are getting involved in the day-to-day -day running of their business when an emergency like this happens now that to me indicates that their systems are not good enough now, there are three parts of a system, people, process and product. And I'm going to uh, speak a little bit more about that in a moment. But I think that it's really, you know, this, this is a great time, actually, for us as HMO investors, because we can stand back and go, OK, where are the weaknesses in our system? Where are the tweaks that I need to make? Where are my processes when things go wrong? Because it's great, isn't it, when things are going well, when the market economy is good and people want your rooms and you're 100% occupancy and all the rents are coming in. Happy days. Who doesn't love that? And isn't that a great place to be? Now, uh, it's quite possible for you to get 100% occupancy and to have all your, your tenants paying their rent. But what if they're not? What do you do then? And now that can happen during a time like coronavirus or it can happen at any other time. 
So whether it's coronavirus or, you know, the, the world collapse, you've still got a business and you still, to, you still need to make that business work. So first of all, I would suggest that you need to have clear policies about non-payment, late payment, arrears, uh, timelines and deadlines for taking action, um, how you're going to use different systems like Money Claim Online, Section 8 and Section 21. All of these are separate, if you like, um, pieces of a puzzle. They're, they're, they're separate timelines, they're separate, separate processes in your business. But you need to be really clear what happens when. So the first thing that I would recommend that you do is create something like a flowchart. So like I have here, it's upside down. And I'm going to share this on the group after I've done the live video so that you can see exactly what I'm talking about. You can borrow it and use it if you want to. Now, this is a, a, a quite a long timeline, quite a long flow chart, but it basically indicates what you do and when. Now, that is the beginning of your process. And this is the start of you systemizing a part of your business, which is probably a massive headache to you at the moment. And I see this all over social media, people having headaches with their tenants. I don't have any headaches with my tenants. Why? Because I don't deal with them. I have a simple flow chart that tells me what to do and when, what steps to take and when. And as I say, I'll be sharing this with you afterwards so you can borrow it, you can use it in your own business. And then my team deal with it. So I am removed from the headache of having to deal with naughty tenants, non-paying tenants or arrears. So what could you do though? If you are currently doing this and you haven't got a flow chart and you haven't got a system, what are the things that in this time of coronavirus you need to be addressing? Well, first of all, you need to assess what the situation is with that tenant who's being a pain. Is it non-payment, because that would go down one particular route, or is it antisocial behaviour, or is it maybe both? And, and, and that's common as well, that you have a tenant who's not paying and they're also you know, behaving badly in the HMO. During coronavirus, as I'm sure you already know, um, the notice period that we can give to tenants to move out has been extended from two months to three months. And that has been extended until the 30th of September this year. So if you want to give your tenant notice to quit, notice to leave the property, and you can do that under a Section 8 or a Section 21, you can do it, but you have to give them three months notice. Now, for, for Section 21, that used to be two months. And in fact, for Section 8, the, the, the least amount of notice you could give was two weeks. So that has significantly extended the time that it's going to take to get rid of a tenant, mm. which is why I would suggest that actually getting rid of tenants is going to need a little bit more of a soft approach. Um, we don't know when the court system is going to be open yet. Um, I've got a friend actually who works um, for the justice system. And I asked uh, her this morning, when are the courts going to reopen? And we still don't know. So if you do give notice to your tenant and you're going to give them three months notice, be warned that even after the three months notice has expired, it might still not be possible to take them to court and get a, a possession order. So we're going to have to use slightly more clever tactics, I believe. And I think as, as landlords stroke investors, we need to develop some of these skills and processes in our business. So that when it, when we're needing to step in, we can we can do that. But mostly you should not be dealing with your tenants directly. You need to have somebody who's running the process for you. And that could be a part time person. You could outsource 
you could outsource it or you could use an agent. Um, in my view, agents can be quite expensive and not always flexible and proactive enough. So bringing somebody on, and let's face it, we're going to have a quite a big um, unemployment problem soon. So bringing somebody on for a few hours a week who could deal with this for you, following your process and getting the product, which is either to get the tenant to leave the property or to pay up, that is what you're trying to aim for. So these are the two routes, non-payment or antisocial behaviour. So the flowchart will help you identify which it is and which process you need to be following, or indeed if you need to be following both. Now, if you're going to be following the process of antisocial behaviour, which would normally fall under a Section 8 eviction, you'll have to gather evidence. And it's really important that you don't just gather evidence from one tenant who's complaining about another tenant, because that is not going to hold up in court. And, you know, this is this is a really key part of, 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 of being an investor is that we have to we have to interface with the law. And when we're trying to get rid of our tenants, you know, it's very important that we do this legally. So what I would suggest is that any interaction you have with your tenant, you record it, uh, you make a contemporaneous note, you write in your diary or your calendar, uh, you make a note of, the, of what happened in that interaction. And if you serve notices on that tenant or one of your team serves the notice, because <laughs> it, remember, it shouldn't be you doing this, then that needs to be recorded as well. So make sure that you record all the details of everything that you do uh, in your interaction with that tenant so that should it be needed in court you can rely on that evidence. Um, be clear with the tenant what the product or the outcome is that you're looking for. So be clear with the tenant that you're asking for them to either improve their behaviour or to start paying rent or to come to you and communicate about rental arrears. We've got a few tenants at the moment who are in rent arrears. But the good thing is, because we have a process, most of them have communicated with us and we've been able to do a kind of payment plan for them. So they're a little bit behind, but they're paying when, when and as they can. I think generally tenants do know that they have to pay for their rent. They know it's not a free service. Now, some of them will try it on. And we've had a couple of tenants, you know, trying it on, sitting it out, thinking you can't get rid of me, so I'm just not going to pay. But there is another tool in our armory, which um, I'm going to share with you. And this can often catch tenants by surprise if they've stopped paying. And that is the money claim online service. You see, I think once a tenant is more than two months in arrears with their rent and they're still living in your HMO, you should issue a money claim online. The benefit is you know where they live because they're, they're living in your address. And that money claim online will then be attached to them even if they then move out of your HMO, it'll be attached to that person. So I would issue a money claim online as soon as they've reached two months in arrears. And at that point, very often, that is all that is needed to either get them out of the property or get them communicating with you about what they can do. Because taken to its ultimate level, that money claim online can result in a CCJ and will affect their credit rating. Sometimes tenants don't realise this. So again, as part of your flow chart, part of your process, you need to make sure that one of the parts of that uh, communication thread is that you're warning them of the impact of not paying their rent. That if they don't pay their rent, they're likely to get a money claim online and then a CCJ. I wouldn't be explicit in telling them 
when they will get the money claim online because again some tenants are very clever and they will just again sit it out for two months and then leave so i wouldn't be explicit with them about what your process is however i think that you should warn them the impact of them not paying their rent another point on that is take the national insurance number of the tenant when they move in so this should again be part of your move-in process when you get a new tenant into a rent to rent or into an hmo make sure you take their ni number because later down the line, if it goes to a CCJ, the court can order a, um, an attachment of earnings order. So when they are back in work or, or they, they, they are still in work, you can go through the process of taking money directly out of their salary to pay for any arrears that they have. So what should you do if you've got a tenant who's either um, in uh, you know, antisocial behaviour, which is, tends to be more Section 8, or is not paying their rent? Let's take a step back for a moment and just analyse what we're already doing. Proactive payment will hopefully, and it should definitely, reduce some of the risks of the issues that you're going to be facing. So, for example, posters in the email to make sure, sorry, posters up in the HMO to demonstrate that you are, um, you know, to, to demonstrate the need for them to pay their rent. So highlight that even though we're under a time of, you know, pressure and uh, difficulty and they may have lost their job and so on, they must communicate with you about their rent. Otherwise, you will take action. And I think you have to be very clear with tenants that action will be taken in cases of non-payment of rent. So posters, emails, letters, texts, phone calls, all the different methods of communication. Now, this doesn't need to be you doing it. You could employ somebody for a couple of hours a week and tell them what to do and who to send it to. And that's just one less job on your list then to worry about the proactive communication with tenants. Now, above and beyond the proactive, then we have the reactive. So with regard to either non-payment of rent or getting into arrears or behaviour issues, this is where having your process, your flowchart is going to be key because you need to make sure that all the steps that you have uh, that are necessary that you have already undertaken in your business. So, for example, have in order to issue a Section 21, you've got to make sure they've had the gas safety certificate. Uh, you've got to make sure that they've had the um, how to rent guide from the government. And if you haven't ticked all those boxes, then you're going to have a problem issuing them a Section 21. So you may want to you may prefer to go down the Section 8 route instead. But remember, both of them at the moment have three months notice. Another method which um, I use and uh, well, I don't use it because it's my my team who do this for me, but I know other landlords do it is what we call helping the tenant out of the house situation. I think you know what I'm referring to. So let's, for example, imagine that you have a tenant and all the other tenants recognise that that tenant's behaviour is bad and they all come to you complaining, or your team member, of course, uh, come to them complaining about this, this, this member of, of, of the house. In order to, you know, it, it, as they say, don't they, one, one apple, one bad apple upsets the whole apple cart. You must get rid of that tenant. And I would be putting as much pressure as possible onto that tenant to leave, but also offering them a bit of a carrot. Quite often tenants know that that property is not the right property for them to be living in and they, they know they've got to move out. 
and they recognise that their behaviour is not conducive with living in shared accommodation, but they haven't got enough money to move out of the house. So there are lots of things you can offer to tenants, and I don't think I need to be too explicit about what I mean there. But there are lots of ways you can incentivise a tenant to move out of the property and to move on somewhere else. Now, that, again, requires a bit of soft skill. So with your team, remember, we're talking process, people, product. So the process is quite clear because you'll have it in your flow chart. The people, you might be hiring somebody this week to help you with it. And that's great news because it means you can build your portfolio and not be dealing with all the day to day gunge, which holds you up. And the product is a resolution. Either the tenant leaves the property or they change their behaviour. And that's the resolution. That's the product you want to achieve. Now, if the tenant continues to be very, very difficult, I recommend that you contact your local housing officer at the council because uh, I've heard of some good cases where recently, because of lockdown, you can't give your tenant notice, but speak to the local housing officer and they are often very willing to get involved in these kind of disputes and will work with the tenant. So speak to the local housing officer and escalate the problem to them because they can help in these uh, antisocial and kind of tenant uh, dispute uh, problems. If you are looking to get to get rent back from the tenant, um, again, very important that you're really clear with them. What is it that you're looking for? Do you have a policy for accepting a reduced rent for a number of weeks? Um, so on the group, you'll see that we have produced a coronavirus action pack. Uh, I think, what do we call it? A first aid kit, I think, for landlords. Now, if you have downloaded that kit and you've seen it, one of the parts of that kit is a rental arrears reduction request form. It's a bit long winded. Now, that allows your tenant to request a reduced rent for a certain amount of time. It's not ideal. Who of us wants to accept reduced rent during this time? Of course, we don't. But if it's a matter of getting some cash flow into the business or losing cash flow altogether, I'd far rather have some money coming in. But I want to train my tenants to understand that they need to request it. So every time we've had a late payment or a non-payment of rent, we will automatically speak to the tenant. One of the team automatically speaks to the tenant to ask them what's happening, what's their situation, um, what's their job situation, etc. And we will also uh, help them to uh, um, apply for benefits if they're entitled to benefits. I think it, during this time of coronavirus, we have to be quite flexible. Um, our policy has been to be flexible with tenants as much as we possibly can be and to have some minimum levels of rent that we will accept. But anything below that minimum and the tenant needs to be leaving the property. The um, it, it, flexibility is really key. Um, communication is really key. But often tenants, of course, stop communicating when things get difficult. So that's where a written letter, recorded delivery or delivered, and again, you'll have to take evidence that that has been delivered to them, um, needs to happen. And you'll have to use some PPE or get your team to use PPE to deliver that, that letter to the tenant. Mostly what we found is by running that process with our people, the product has been very, very successful. Um, so we have, I think we're about 92% occupancy at the moment. Um, so we have some void rooms. 
we have dealt mostly with bad debt very positively we again we have some bad debt and that's accumulating at the moment so you know it's not easy for us either but what i would say is that having a process like this so that you as an investor know exactly what should be happening step by step reduces your anxiety levels now that's very important because if you're anxious as a business owner you can't take strategic decisions about your business you're not going to be looking for new deals you're not going to be going out there um, working with um, motivated vendors because your head is going to be taken up with your problems. So having a process where you can work with outsourcing or delegation to other people to deliver the product is really key. So whatever problems you're having with tenants, um, would anybody like to put a quick message on the, the, the chat panel right now? What, what problems are you facing at the moment with tenants and how are you dealing with them? And does some of this ring true for you that having a process with people and a product is going to help you moving forward in this situation? I'd love to hear from you and uh, you know, on, on what, you're, what you're thinking and what you're doing right now. If not, um, you can always add it to the live feed uh, after this has been uploaded to the group. Um, so thank you very much indeed for watching this morning. I hope that has been of help. I will upload our flowchart system so you can see the different steps that you can take. If you want to use that and adopt it in your own business and your own processes, please do. This is a really good time for us as business owners to stand back and say, how is our business actually performing? Is our business effective? Have we really leveraged our time? Are we too busy in the day to day running of this business or have we outsourced it properly? Because when you have an outsourced leveraged business, it gives you your time back and you can do lots more with it. Whether that's continuing to grow your portfolio, whether it's continuing to buy property or to invest in property, uh, whatever is your desire. In fact, it might just be due to do something completely different to create another stream of income. But if you haven't leveraged and systemized your business, then right now, during this time of coronavirus, when we've got these emergencies cropping up, you're going to be so busy, you're not going to be effective in what you're doing as, a, as an HMO business owner. So... I hope you, you find this useful. I, think, I hope you find this helpful. Um, if there are some detailed questions that you want me to ask, um, we're very, very happy to, to answer any of those questions. Um, as Gemma says, process takes away the emotion and guesswork. And that's very true, that if you have a process, it's much easier for you to follow that system yourself rather than having to think, oh, what should I do next? My tenants in, in arrears, how do I cope with this? Um, it's much, much easier and much less emotive. I think we'll get through this, people. I really do. I think uh, this is going to sort the wheat from the chaff. And uh, you're on this group to learn how to grow and scale your business. And one of the keys is systemizing. So use this time to systemize and don't let those tenants beat you. You can make it. You can do it. And I look forward to speaking to you very soon. Have a great day. The second mystery word is wardrobe. Thank you for listening to the HMO Success Podcast. If you'd like to know more about how you can create a profitable HMO business, please visit our website, hmosuccess.co.uk, to find out more. We have plenty of free tools and information for you there, and also on our Facebook group, 
the ultimate HMO success system. We look forward to connecting with you very soon. Thanks for listening.